Hello everyone, welcome to a new episode of Explore and Engage with Anam. Thank you for continuing to listen to my podcast. I really appreciate it. And if you are listening to my podcast for the first time, then I would like to welcome you. And if you don't know this already, let me just um, give you some information about my podcast. My podcast, Explore and Engage with Anam, focuses on social and political issues, both domestic and international. And so thank you for staying connected. If you have been listening to my podcast for a while, and for those who are listening for the first time, thank you for checking out my podcast. I hope that you will stay connected with me and continue to listen to more episodes going forward. So having said that, let me jump right into today's episode. Let me begin by telling you something that you may already know if you are paying attention to what's happening in the political world. The Republican presidential debate is coming up, and I'm very excited about it. I am excited to see some great candidates who are running for the office of the president. Um, and election is coming up in November 2024. Now, November 2024 may seem far away, but as I always keep saying, that time flies really fast, and these months will go by very quickly. As voters, we have to pay attention. We have to pay attention to what the different candidates are saying. We have to understand um, uh, who the different candidates are and what their policy proposals are and how they plan to tackle the different issues that we are facing as a nation. And so the first debate, I think, will be an excellent opportunity to see many candidates on stage uh, debating and presenting their ideas and, um, you know, answering questions. Now, the debate is coming up on August 23. So August 23rd, that's when the first Republican presidential debate is going to be. And it's very exciting for me that um, this debate is taking place here in Wisconsin. That's where I live. I am here in Wisconsin. I live in the city of Madison. The debate is taking place in the city of Milwaukee. And I'm, I'm just glad that um, it's happening in Wisconsin. I think it's a, it's, a, um, it's a great thing for our state. And so I, I don't know um, who uh, the candidates will be on stage. I mean, I, I have seen some reports that talk about who the candidates are um, who qualified to be on stage, but then I'm not sure whether between now and August twenty uh, August twenty third, maybe there will be additions. I don't know. So um, I, I I guess as I was looking at uh, the the criteria, the requirements that are set by the Republican National Committee, it seems that uh, in order to qualify for the August twenty three debate. A candidate has to have at least 1% in three high-quality national polls or a mix of national and early state polls 
between July 1st and August 21st. Okay, so that means some candidates who may not um, qualify as of now would still have an opportunity to qualify. And there's another requirement. A candidate has to have a minimum of 40,000 donors with 200 in 20 or more states. Okay, so at least 1% in three high-quality national polls or a mix of national and early-stage polls, and that would be between July 1 and August 21, and also a minimum of 40,000 donors with twenty, uh, with 200 in 20 or more states. Okay, so that's what a candidate would need to accomplish in order to qualify for the August 23 debate. Well, we'll see um, who the eventual candidates are on stage. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm just eagerly waiting. Now, let me talk about um, a particular Republican leader, because there are some questions about whether uh, this particular uh, Republican leader is going to run for president or not. Now, you may be wondering who I'm talking about. I'm talking about Glenn Youngkin. He is the governor of Virginia. And if you have been paying attention to uh, what's happening in the political world and recent elections, then you probably remember that when he won that election, the gubernatorial race in Virginia, it was so exciting. It was such a massive victory. And then, uh, obviously, he is a Republican star. And it seems that he's doing great so far. And uh, people are asking if he's going to be running for president. So there are lots of speculations and predictions. I don't know the answer. And so I guess um, we can we can guess, but to know for sure, we're going to have to wait. And, you know, there are some Republicans who are looking at Glenn Youngkin as a possible candidate for president. So, um, so far, Governor Youngkin has not announced if he will be running or not. And like, like a great governor, Glenn Youngkin seems to be really focused on the job that he has right now. And that's, um, that's in Virginia. He is the governor of Virginia. And uh, as I said, I, I remember when Glenn Youngkin won the election to become Virginia's governor, it was a, it was a big victory. And re Republicans were super excited. And some Republicans are hoping that he would announce his candidacy to run for the office of the president. But we don't know if he's going to do that or not. We just have to wait and see. Now, I have not met Mr. Yunkin, but just um, seeing him uh, on different interviews on TV and reading about him, I, I, can, I can tell that he's a likable person. And I really have not heard anything about him uh, that's negative. Obviously, his political opponents... Um, don't like him, but I, you know, uh, that just that just tells us that he's a solid conservative Republican governor, and he's certainly a great leader. 
And and the fact that he has not said much about 2024 presidential election tells me that Governor Yunkin is probably really focused on his job as the governor. And that's really what he should be doing right now. The fact that a Republican won the governor's seat in Virginia, that's that's a big achievement. That's a big accomplishment. And it was a big defeat for the Democrats when Glenn Youngkin won the race to be the governor of Virginia. But then there are many, as I said, who would probably like to see him run for president. But I guess for that, he still has time to make a decision. I, I, I know that, as I mentioned, the first Republican debate is coming up, and Mr. Youngkin still has not made any announcement that he's going to run. So we, we don't know. We don't know. He may he may just continue doing what he's doing as the governor of Virginia. Maybe he's not going to run. But then again, we don't know if he's going to decide uh, to run. So uh, we'll have to wait and see. But the important thing to remember is, for anyone who wants to see Glenn Youngkin run for president, he if, if he doesn't run in 2024, he can still run for the office of the president in the future. I mean, he's not hes not old. You know, I was reading his bio, and uh, it, it's, uh, you know, it says that he was born in 1966. So he has got a lot of time to run for president in the future. Now, why are some Republicans looking at him as a possible candidate? There are some strong Trump supporters out there, and then there are others who would like to see a new, fresh face. And so in that process, a lot of people are supporting Ron DeSantis for president. And then as the wheels of politics keep turning, some Republicans are drifting away from the current pool of declared candidates, and they are looking for someone else. They are looking for somebody who has not announced candidacy yet. They are looking for a, a new person, a fresh face, as I said. And in that process, the name of Glenn Youngkin is coming up. And so Glenn Youngkin has a decision to make. Does he stay where he is and, and focus on his job as the governor of Virginia? Or is he going to decide to run for the office of the president? I, I think we just have to wait and see. Now, let's remember one thing, my friends. Glenn Youngkin's approval rating is reportedly at an all-time high. So he's obviously doing a really good job in Virginia. And um, as I was looking at, at, at news reports, I saw that according to a recent poll, 57% of Virginia voters said that they approved of their governor's job performance. So 57% of Virginia voters are happy with what Glenn Youngkin is doing as the governor of Virginia. So I think it's hard for the governor to shift his attention from Virginia to a presidential candidate when people of Virginia are over, overwhelmingly approving his performance. But then there's another way of looking at it. Governor Youngkin could say that because the people of Virginia are happy with his performance, 
maybe, maybe he would want to take his knowledge, his experience, his skills, and apply that nationwide. And if he wants to do that, he would have to run for the office of the president. And so I I don't know what decision Governor Youngkin will make. And so the question remains, is Glenn Youngkin going to run for president? I guess we just have to wait uh, to find out. Now, my friends, it's it's really an exciting time. And I, I know that a, a lot of people have already made up their mind who they are going to support in the race for the White House. And um, a lot of people are supporting former President Donald Trump. And then there are many people who are supporting Ron DeSantis. And then there are other candidates, obviously. There's Nikki Haley, there's Tim Scott, Vivek Ramaswamy, Asa Hutchinson, and uh, Mike Pence. And there are other people who are running uh, and, and uh, r- running for president. I have not made an endorsement yet. And the reason for that is because I want to wait and see what the different candidates propose, what their different policy proposals are about addressing the various challenges that we face as a country. Now, for anyone who has been listening to my podcast, you probably already know that I pay a lot of attention to this, uh, to this, uh, to the topic of immigration. I talk a lot about immigration, and um, I also uh, talk a lot about the the crisis at the southern border. And I'm a strong supporter of securing the border and addressing uh, this this crisis and. I've talked about what's happening in New York, which is a sanctuary city. I've talked about what's happening in Chicago, which is a sanctuary city. I've talked about California. It's a sanctuary state. And I've I've discussed the ongoing border crisis and the migrant crisis in previous podcast episodes. So I think one of the things I'm really going to be focusing on is, um, you know, I'll, I'll be paying attention to what the different candidates have to say about what they are going to do to address the situation at the border. And so that's something I'll be uh, looking at. But other than that, there are so many other things that we have to pay attention to. We have inflation and people are suffering. American consumers are suffering a lot because prices have risen in the economy. And yes, wages have gone up to some extent, but prices have gone up even more. So even with uh, wage increases and salary increases, American workers are still having a really tough time keeping up with the the rising prices in the economy. So even with uh, salaries and wages going up a little bit, People are still struggling because so many things, uh, you know, everyday essentials are, are still un- unaffordable because prices have gone up. So Americans are struggling. Let's talk about gas price. Gas price is still very high and people are suffering as a result. And so I want to hear 
the different candidates on the debate stage talk about how they are going to address uh, the inflation and the supply chain problems and what they are going to do about the border crisis that we have. So those are some of the things I'll pay attention to. Obviously, there's a lot more. And let me remind you, my podcast focuses on social and political issues, both domestic and international. So I'm also going to be paying attention to uh, what the different candidates have to say about uh, their uh, approach to uh, international relations. And uh, there are lots of international relations topics that uh, will likely come up during the debates. And, um, and so I'll be paying attention. You know, there's, there's the war going on in Ukraine. So I, I want to hear the candidates talk about what they're going to do about that. And uh, different candidates will have different policies, different approaches. And even among Republicans, there are diverse viewpoints. And I, I think the August 23rd debate is going to be an excellent opportunity to, for voters to learn about the candidates and uh, to make decision who they want to support. Now, that's not going to be the only debate. There will be other debates coming up, but it'll be, uh, you know, the first one is always exciting. And so it'll be exciting to see, uh, you know, uh, what um, what the different candidates on stage, um, uh, how they present themselves and what policy solutions they propose. So we'll wait and see. I'm looking forward to August 23rd. And between now and then, um, there's there's a lot of excitement in the political world. Now let's move on to another topic, which I, I just read in the news and I was actually uh, very shocked when I saw that. Um, reportedly, for the first time in 72 years, Motorists in the state of Oregon can pump gas into their own cars. So I, I didn't know this, and I will I will admit when I don't know something, uh, you know, life is always about learning. And so I just found out today that in the state of Oregon, motorists uh, couldn't pump gas into their own cars. So th there was a decades-old ban on self-serve gas stations that, and that ban has been revoked. Um, that ban has been revoked. So the governor of Oregon reportedly signed a bill on Friday to allow people across the state to... Uh, choose now they're going to have a choice so they can choose to have an attendant ga gas station attendant pump gas or they can pump gas themselves and this law reportedly takes effect immediately and so you know i i never thought about it much you know i i live in wisconsin and i pump my own gas i've always pumped my own gas and it it just doesn't make sense why you can't pump your own gas. And apparently in Oregon, um, prior to this uh, bill being signed into law, 
people couldn't pump their own gas. I, I don't know. I've never visited Oregon, so I don't know. But it just it just seems strange. I mean, it, I think it's common sense that if you're driving up and, and going to a gas station and you, you want to purchase, purchase gas, you should be able to pump your own gas. So um, that, that state apparently needed a law to be passed to change that, to, to allow people to pump gas into their own cars. Anyway, I just saw that in the news I wanted to share. And in that news report that I read, it also states that New Jersey, another state that I did not go to yet, New Jersey is the only state that prohibits uh, motorists from pumping their own gas. I doesn't make sense to me. Anyway, um, I, you know, I, I will tell you one thing, though. I'll tell you one thing. The country that I'm originally from, Bangladesh, over there, um, and I don't know if things have changed because I left Bangladesh many, many years ago, and things may have changed between now and then. But uh, as far as I can remember, just growing up, there was always a gas station attendant who would pump gas. So I I don't remember, and I didn't, I didn't, you know, I... When I became an adult, I I left um, I left Bangladesh. I came to America, so um, it was always um, you know I, I saw other other people. I I, I ne- never had to deal with pumping gas in in um, in Bangladesh. But growing up, whatever I saw, I can I can tell you from my memory that at every gas station. There was always an attendant. There were attendants who would pump gas into people's cars. And so I guess that same model was in effect in Oregon. And now people can pump their own gas. But um, it, it it's just common sense that you should be able to pump your own gas. There should be no law prohibiting that. Okay. Anyway, I just I just wanted to talk about it. Um, so my, my friends, uh, with that, I'll end this episode. There's a lot that I want to talk about and I will do that in future episodes, but I just want to thank you all for continuing to listen to my podcast. And if you have any thoughts or comments or questions, feel free to reach out, go to tossifanam.net, send me a message and, uh, check out my blog posts, check out my published opinions. And uh, also connect with me on social media. So with that, I'll end this episode here. But I hope to be back again soon with a new episode of Explore and Engage with Anam.